It's been a long day. I need a nice, hot, detox shower. Come on. Hello, welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum. I'm Jo. I'm joined today by my friend, Terry. Terry is a fellow Bravo head and a fellow podcaster, actually. Terry is the co-host of the podcast, Is This Your Life? (laughs) With Terry and James. Um, Hello, Terry. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jo. Can you just hear the crystal clear clarity of Terry's <laughs> microphone right now? Terry has got this really professional setup and I am literally just using the uh, the cord, the headphones that came with like my iPhone 4. <laughs> so. I mean, what can I say to you? I don't do things by halves. I was like, if I'm going to start a podcast, I need the equipment. So, yeah, One day. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess, how are you? We haven't spoken in ages. Years. I feel like actually the last time I saw you was probably about three years ago. Right. So uh, Terry and I know each other from Facebook, which which sounds really (laughs) embarrassing. Um, But we were in the uh, Housewives group uh, whispering aliens and yeah I guess we connected and then there was a subgroup called whispering galeens and I think we we saw each other so we see each other. yeah and we connected bonded by bravo as many friends are as many do as many do right how many friends do you have that you just bonded from bravo I'm gonna probably pick a you should have made me prepare for this question. I'm going to say like 20 or 30. Like, there's, yeah, there's a good, it's like, just... good amount of people that I've connected with through the mutual love of the show. And funny, um, like even because I was in Australia last year for work and like obviously just being in the smoking area, like out drunk, like obviously like Housewives is just such a, uh, it's the kind of show where no matter where you are in the world, if there's people that watch it, like you connect. And so I connected with a lot of people down in Australia over it. And you're just like, you know, it's, it's a real bonding experience. So, yeah. It really is. It's funny that you said about the smoking area because a guest I had on a couple of weeks ago, James, he was literally in a smoking area and someone said, did you go to Bass Lake? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just his ears pricked up and they, they just had an instant bond. Yes, oh, exactly, exactly. Love it. So, obviously, the topic on everyone's mind, I can't stop thinking about it, is racism, um, which is, you know, it is what it is. Like, it's it, it's a problem that we have to undo as white people. And uh, I'm talking about it. As Lisa Rinna said, you better believe I'm going to talk about it. And recently, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, now, yesterday, Bravo announced that they have fired Stassi, Kristin, Max and Brett from Vanderpump Rules, which is absolutely the correct decision. Uh, note, they didn't give an explanation as to why they've been fired, which I think is wrong. I think they are skirting around the issue. They are just... Well, you know, we all know why it is, but they, whereas other places like Stassi's podcast network straight up said, we are firing firing Stassi because she was, she uh, was. Uh, It was racial, racially charged. It was racially charged actions towards faith. Well, and it's, it, 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 it ties into the thing that happened in New York the other week, right? With the woman calling the police on the African American guy who was just there like bird watching. Right. So she ended up losing her job over it. 
um, because I think he was just saying, like, you can't let your dog shit on the grass. Um, also, can I swear on this podcast? Yes. Yeah, okay, fine. So, basically, he was saying, excuse me, like, you're, you're not allowed your dog on the grass. Like, it's shitting on the grass. That's not allowed. And she called um, the police to say there is an African man, uh, African-American man, like, verb- like, assaulting me or trying to assault me, which... Of course, you're only doing that with the intention to basically weaponize that man based on the color of his skin. And so it's a very similar situation with Faith, where if you're going to call the police and be like, oh, yeah, so there's this, like, African-American girl, a black girl that was, like, stealing a car. Um, Like, you know, we've seen pictures, we know who it is. You cannot do that with the way that the police work in America. And quite frankly, across the world, right? Like, naturally, people are way more uh severe as obviously we know um with police brutality but just based on the color of someone's skin you cannot you you just can't do that and so that's why i think it is such a huge thing what stassi and Kristen did and i'm kind of also surprised that the likes of not that to be fair katie i feel is way more educated but it's where you know whether the witches of weho you almost get that feeling of like it was a banding together of them doing that and i find it weird that it was just stussy and Kristen that acted alone in that situation but that's i suppose by the by we can't um surmise um but that's just kind of how i've seen it in a similar way to you and that what she's done is not only has she obviously been racist in the past or, or not potentially you could classify it as racism or ignorance, but either way, I think they're one in the same. It's ignorance with underlying, like, ultimately, it's racism at the end of the day. Being ignorant is ultimately racist because you don't You're referring to race. when she said on her podcast, she, she was uh, talking about when the Black Lives Matter movement first uh, came to the fore in, was it 2016, 2017? And she was, uh, it was kind of like, what about Mexican lives? What about white lives? It was just so, exactly. she might as well have said all lives matter. Yes. Um, and it, it was just so not seeing the point. Again, it's dumb. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, you're saying that uh, you're surprised that it's Kristen and Stassi and not the third witch of WeHo. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised because do you remember this past season? Yes. It was actually Katie who was very vocal about how fucked up that so-called prank that uh, Rand organized about getting um, Tom Sandoval fake arrested, which by the way, you know, Tom isn't even black, but he was genuinely terrified. Um, It was uh, completely blind of their privilege as white people. And they're being filmed for a, a globally televised reality show you stupid fucking idiots and i was actually warming up to rand this season well obviously the only season that he's appeared on i thought he's actually quite a cool guy um but this not cool and actually apparently i've read things again i'm really bad with receipts on this podcast i never have immediate receipts but i read something that rand is always up to this bullshit on set on his film set well yeah but that's what lala lala's defense was that when it all happened she was like katie needs to calm the fuck down because rand pulls this prank on every single person he works with and it's like okay so when you're executive producing um what what was what's the show oh my god gotti no, no, no. 
No, um, oh my God, why is my brain going blank? Um, what did he, a show that he produced? Yes, a huge show. Oh, um, money, money, uh, something money. Oh my God, Terry, use your brain. Power. Power. I don't. Maybe it was power. Ah, oh, that's a Freudian slip because money is power. <laughs> yes, there we go. It's come full circle. Um, yeah. So power. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, so sorry, he wasn't executive producer on that. But so it's predominantly uh, like African American black show, and you just think to yourself, okay, if that's the pranks you're pulling, like I don't think that's the kind of shit that flies. Like. Yeah, I definitely read one account of another prank he did on set that was completely inappropriate and not uh, appreciated by the cast member or, you know, person working on the set. Um, yeah, so he's he's a bit of a douchebag, really. And uh, yeah, completely unacceptable. So point being, absolutely deserved that they... Uh, Again, the way it was worded will not be appearing on the next season. It didn't, you know, it wasn't final. It wasn't like, you know, that they could be appearing on the season after that. You know, yeah, it, 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 it felt very much like, oh, we have not renewed the contract for this season. Like, it just felt like an, a casual, not casual firing, but, you know, it's basically like, yeah, they won't be returning on the show. You know, the, same, the same way as... as um, same as any treatment. Like, Bethany Frankel, like, not coming back. Like, it's just the same sitch. Like, they're not coming back for the next season. That's it. I was going to say veil. <laughs> <laughs> like the way veil just came and went with no, and it's like if they did a, did a purple square saying we will not be renewing veil's contract. It's like, okay. <laughs> cool. Great. I was really crying tears over that. <laughs> um, so yeah, they haven't held her accountable. Uh, it's not gone far enough. And, the, a lot of people in the Bravo community, the Bravo fan base, agree that they are absolutely not doing enough. Uh, they're bare, but I know my podcast is called Bare Minimum. I, the irony is not lost on me, but the bare minimum of having their panel about Black Lives Matter broadcast on Instagram live. Absolutely, yeah. I watched it. Absolutely, I learned yeah. a lot and it was really good to watch and really good to get an insight and the perspective of the Bravo talent and how um, there are things going on that we... Did you watch it? Um, so I've only watched snippets. I, I genuinely feel like it's on my list. Um I, I watched the, I think they posted a snippet which is with Portia talking about her experience of racism as a kid and what she went through, like kind of marching with um, obviously her granddad, um, Jose Williams. Mm. Um, and so it was obviously just a very short snippet, but yeah, it, it's it's on my watch list. And Candy uh, was very much sort of, it was a boss move because she was on Bravo TV's own Instagram live feed. She was basically saying that there is a complete lack of diversity in the board of directors at Bravo. Yeah. And it's, it's almost as if she knew that this big Comcast $100 million donation was coming because um, it was announced the day after. Yeah. Um, she did say it's all well and good throwing money at a problem, but what are you doing to fix it from inside? Exactly. There is racism, conscious or unconscious, that runs through the core of this network and something needs to be done about it. Andy as well has remained very quiet. Yes, he did his Blackout Tuesday. Yes, he shared about Brianna, Brianna Taylor. But I guess he is gathering himself and I'm guessing there's lots of meetings. I'm just imagining it is a shit show at Bravo at the moment because there's so many people, myself included, that have straight up just asked for people to be fired. Yeah. 
The thing is, I think, I think, like, not to take it to a level too serious, but it is obviously a serious situation. Is that I, I think it, it, it's, it's two things, right? I think, I think, for once, it feels that we are able to be part of the discussion as white people, and we're able to say, "Hands up!" Like we have not, like we we are not educated enough to deal with it. Like we have been ignorant, and it's obviously as a result of society, and that's the s- systemic racism issue. But I then think for on the flip side people are also afraid to do that because it's like if they do it they've actually like they have to look at themselves and kind of accept their own behavior but i what i'm struggling with is the fact that that's okay like it's okay to be like i have not realized how ignorant i've been for all of these years you know, it's predominantly white people in positions of power. So there's there's the systemic issue that, like, needs to be solved. And it comes back to Bravo, right? Like, there are going to be higher-ups, you know, senior heads, uh, senior heads of departments that are all white. And, um, you know, there was the guy from, the exec from Reddit, right? He resigned from his job and was like, I want to give my position to a person of colour. And so someone has actively made the choice to resign from their job because they feel that there needs to be more diversity at the top. Now, that is huge. Obviously, I don't think anyone's sitting here expecting that to be the case. But it's just, I think it is nice to see companies... It just I, I'm still struggling with even like saying it because I feel like how we in 2020 and we're only now realizing um, and obviously irony 2020 vision etc but <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah it just feels like there needs to be a change and there is going to be a lot of mistakes made there's going to be struggles to change but I do think that Andy is technically a minority in himself by just being a gay man like ultimately being lgbt and homosexual you like you've had your own issues growing up right so you understand obviously you don't understand it to the level but you understand how it feels to be a minority in a predominantly cis white straight society right and so he should look at that and recognize that he has a level of privilege he has an insane amount of influence and like all you have to do is just create a bit more diversity like that's it create jobs like, we're not saying fire the white people we're saying balance the books and you know make sure that your talent is reflective of the world around us like it's that simple we're of course not saying fire all the white people that's completely counterproductive what i am saying is that it's embarrassing that we let things like luan doing blackface slide mm. I'd like to publicly apologize. I say publicly to my average 200 listeners, but it's it's a start. Uh, I My friend Jack alerted me to the fact that I'd actually liked Luann's post of her dressed as Diana Ross um, in that huge afro and wearing blackface. Uh, I'm embarrassed. And of course I went back and like undid the like, but this was in 2017, and the fact that there wasn't as much of an outroar, an uproar, as there is today, and it took George Floyd losing his life to get the movement going. Yeah. What I'm saying is that, okay, it's it could be up for discussion. How do you feel about 
retroactively. So actually, technically, this latest firing in Vanderpump Rules is a retroactive firing because it actually was two years ago that this happened. It's only just come to light because Faith talked about it on a podcast. How do you feel about punishing people and sacking them for racist actions that they did years ago? That is a good question. Um, it's weird because I, I, I agree with it, but then I put myself in the shoes of the people and think I'm sure there's been times in my life where I've been ignorant and been racist without conscious, like con- conscious, conscience, right? Conscious, but right? but then again, you haven't worn blackface, have you? That's no, correct. correct. Not unconscious no. bias. That's not a slip of the tongue. That's yeah. not a joke that went awry. That is a very purposeful thing purposeful intentional thing and i think that's i think that's the point of differentiation it's not oh and and to be fair the thing is it's so layered like it's so layered it's not because you could say like you know don't fire someone for what they said five years ago because they were ignorant they've learned from it but then i'm like oh well if they said the n-word or you know did something to that effect like that's a very serious thing and yes you should be fired five years later do you know what i mean so I think, and and obviously that's like the Brett, the Brett situation. Um, not Brett, Max. Max did that right. I think Brett did it too. But um, with, with Luan, it's, what's funny is they addressed it on the show and Bethany brought it up. Um, and I, it kept trying to be brought up. And that I felt like there was a good few episodes where it was a point of discussion and what is strange, to your point, is that there was never much uproar about it when I, they actually verbally addressed it on the show. And even Bethany was like, Luann's in blackface. Like, what? what is she doing? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like, whilst you shouldn't be an apologizer, I would be sad to see someone like Luann leave Real Housewives and, and be fired. But, like, you purposely want blackface. Like, Sosan, like, you know? Because I put up an initial call to action um, where I had a select group that um, was... I saw that. Yeah, okay. So it was in the it was in the new... Like, things that people have done recently um, or was in the news about... Everyone was talking about that these are racist people and they need to go. And so I just straight up said, what can I do? Okay, let's, let's just tag Bravo and say, hey, please fire these people immediately. And then... I got so many more people coming to me. What about this person? What about that person? Yeah. Someone said, what about Rinna? And I was like, not Rinna, not Rinna, please not Rinna. That was the Nazi thing though, remember? And that Is was, that what it was about? Yeah, in 2015, Rinna's husband and Rinna, they'd had a, uh, a couple's costume where they were Sid and Nancy vicious. Um, oh, I thought she was Sandy from Greece when I saw that photo. Yeah, she did. did it, you're forgiven because it did look like it. Yeah, um, I mean, I saw it and I was like, oh, she's got yeah. a family from Greece. Like, why is her husband dressed like this? I just don't remember Danny Zuko being a Nazi. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, yeah, totally unacceptable. This is where, like, I'm seeing Rinna today being so vocal on her platform about supporting Black Lives Matter, about 
being actively anti-racist, about getting to the polls and voting and being anti-Trump and anti-racist. Yes, I saw her apology, which was uh, an Instagram post from 2015, so half a decade ago. The apology is not good enough. It was essentially an I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Um, and it didn't get much attention, uh, it, it sort of, so it flew under the radar. Um, again, yeah, you could say if it wasn't if it wasn't a couple's costume, you could almost say just because she's married to him, it's he is a separate person from her. But it yeah. was a couple's costume. It was a very they they it was intentional ventured in this together. Yeah. Absolutely unacceptable. Completely. Uh, tone deaf uh, and uh, yeah reeks of privilege yeah but but then but then on the flip side and like I'm not I, I always go on like the flip side and mm-hmm. look at it from another person's perspective it's just I think like I'm a natural born like lawyer not that I'm a lawyer by the way but um just in my mind I'm always like wow on the flip side like how are they feeling about that situation but like I always try and just balance it in my mind because I think well yes it's wrong but like where were they coming from and again it is that point of like privilege and it's the fact that you wouldn't think there's anything wrong with it because you know we're not nazis we're just dressing up as them it's this halloween costume it's funny but like it's not (laughs) but and and i think you could potentially forgive someone that was younger but they're obviously more seasoned older people that i'm sure have you know, if you think about it, like, I'm sure there's a very vast and large Jewish community that they're, you know, I'm sure that they're friends with that would have probably taken a lot of offense to that. And there needs to be some um, repercussions. But to your point, it's like, I, you know, I think, I think there needs to come a point where people say, like, I'm drawing a line in my behavior. I recognize what I've done and how I've thought in the way that I inherently have like learned to 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 exist like i'm drawing a line in that i'm moving on from this point like i'm going to be better i'm going to be more um uh what's the word i'm looking for like more what's the opposite of ignorant educated yes yeah i'm gonna say educated um and and i think that that is ultimately we've we've got to that point in our society now and i think at some point we do have to forgive people and i think there is I think there's a degree and a level of um, like weighing up how bad something was. And was it just a little bit tone deaf or was it like actively racist? And it comes to the point of being like actively anti-racist, like was something actively racist or did it have major repercussions? And like, I think that you can kind of forgive certain things, but I, to, to your point, it's like, she is being very vocal. She is using her platform for, uh, well, you know, she's using her platform basically to, to, to spread the word around Black Lives Matter and voting and, and trying to kind of course correct history. Yeah, I'm kind of getting at a loss for words, but I'm just a bit, I'm seeing what you're saying in that if a person's trying oh, to Oh God, correct... Lisa, okay, breaking news on the podcast, Lisa oh, really? Vanderpump, 36 minutes ago, she has posted uh, a letter to Instagram. <gasps> Over the past two weeks, many things have been brought to my attention of which I and many others were previously unaware. It was necessary for me to be quiet until now, until decisions had been made. 
now I can freely speak from the heart. As we've seen such devastating sadness that has played out globally, we all have a part to play to create a kinder, more just society. My hope is for this generation to treat each other with respect and humanity and realise that actions have and should have consequences. Say it, Lisa. Say the word racism. Say the word that it's black people that are dying. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry, was that the end of the statement? No, there's loads. Oh. <laughs> okay, I was like, that, that says nothing. <laughs> I love and adore our employees, and I am deeply saddened by some of the lack of judgment that has been displayed. As many of you know, after watching me for 10 years... I have always been an equal rights activist and ally. My family, my businesses and I condemn all forms of cruelty, racism, homophobia, bigotry and unequal treatment. Well, you know, I don't have the receipts, but I have people that tell me that Lisa and Ken aren't exactly not racist. T. We never tolerated it in the workplace or our lives. Okay, sorry, I'm going to get back to this. You read the thing that Faith was told by Lisa to, to be the leany leaks. Yeah. Abs- I don't think that, and this is this goes back to the whole like ignorance thing. Lisa wouldn't have thought that was a racist thing. But what you're basically saying to a black, black woman is, I want you to be like the loud, funny, like it's a microaggression. Like that's, yes. that's what it is. Okay, let's give her that the intent wasn't there, but it's still completely unacceptable. Oh my God, 100%. While you only see a fraction of our employees on the show, a specific friend group across all of our companies, we have always been a very diverse group of people, every colour, ethnicity and sexual orientation. Most of our employees have worked for us for over a decade and we have become a family, one that embraces and celebrates each other's differences. I am proud of the inclusive company that we've created. We will continue to embrace diversity as one of our greatest strengths. And I'm excited to give you a... She she should have said, uh, but she just said, to give you deeper look into the multifaceted fabric of our company in the future. The world needs to move forward with a kinder generation. Everybody deserves to feel safe, heard and appreciated in their communities. So much of what has transpired in the world is not right, fair or acceptable. We all have work to do to create a society we can be proud of. And I hope as we venture forward, we strive to live in a world where kindness and compassion are our greatest values. Thank you for listening, lovely sir. I think a lot of that was just waffle. waffle. It was just nothing. It was just stating the obvious as far as I'm concerned. Skirting around the issue. uh, It's like those posts that people put of um, like a black hand holding a white hand and just a prayer emoji. Dorinda is is, is guilty of this. Uh, Or or just vague musings about the state of the world. No, look it in the face like people, including myself, are doing and look at yourself. Anyway, I thought that was... uh, I thought I just do you know what I find interesting about it is it seems very company and business focused it doesn't doesn't allude to do you know what I mean like I feel like she's looking at it from as a you know we run five businesses or however many they've got under their hat now and she's looking at it as like a company statement not a personal statement and I think that's where it's gone wrong do you know what I mean? Like she, she's coming from a place of like, these are our company values. These are our core values. We don't tolerate this. Our employees have worked for us for a long time. Like, Tell me, Lisa, very... if you really cared about your employees, why aren't you paying them for furlough? 
Oh, oh my God. I was so shocked about that on the reunion. I literally texted my friend and I was like, okay, so they're getting unemployment checks and you have not paid their salary. Like, are you kidding me? And Andy, come on. He said in the episode, I, it's my job to call things out. But I guess Lisa put an embargo about you confronting her about why you're not. Uh, so they addressed ta- the, the Toms raising money by doing cameos to uh, they raised, I guess, 50 grand to pay their employees through the, the pandemic. But uh, and then even Lisa was like, oh, they're such kind of zest for life. Lover. It's, <laughs> Great Lisa impression. You're the shit boss that is not giving them any support. But mention it mention it all it was the elephant in the room um i was kind of hoping this statement would end with and therefore we are taking vanderpump rules off the air yeah. we're taking a hard look at ourselves and creating something more you know yeah, like i think it needs that's what it needs is it needs uh this is what this is what's next like here's where we are and here's what's coming next stay tuned like it needs that kind of message to be like this is what we're doing now not mm. here's how i feel about the situation do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know, it just... I know what you mean, which brings me on to, look, yes, firing people is all well and good. I am still waiting for the news that Kelly Dodd has been let go, as well as Catherine Dennis. Actually, I want all of Southern Charm to be scrapped. I yeah. don't want to see uh, any more dinner parties on a plantation. Thank you very much. Um, that show has always been problematic to me for that reason. Don't get me wrong. I've loved it the last few seasons, majorly stepped up, like, it it was great. But I'm always like, guys, like, you are aware that your money is inherited from slavery. Like, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, how is this a thing? Absolutely outrageous. Uh, Jax needs to go for many reasons, but uh, since we're focusing on racism now, I guess he called Faith a criminal Again, whether the intent was there, he's he's he shouldn't be on our screens anyway. He's he's a knob. So preach. What can be done? Doctor Wendy, who is the new addition to the Real Housewives of Potomac, I really liked her gumption of you know she hasn't even had her first season yet, but there's no. I don't want to not, I, I want to stay on the good side of my employer. She came out straight out and said it. What did she say? I'm about to tell you. Dr. Wendy, so this was a, a comment to the Bra- Bravo's announcement of the firings. Thank you. The next step should be for Bravo TV to create a working group complies comprised of black talent from Bravo TV and executives to co-create a shared vision of inclusionary practices to ensure equality within, to ensure equity within the workplace. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. That's amazing. That would be great. Uh, Nini, she said, that's a good start, but there's a lot more that needs to be done. We've got to talk about how there's some inequalities. I've had a DM that said there's a lot that the Bravo, that the Atlanta housewives have put up with in terms of racism that wow. has not been talked about. Um, a lot of stuff that happens on these sets can't be talked about because these people have signed NDAs. And I said to this person, is there any way you could legally uh, speak out about these wrongdoings? And this person in my DM said, no, it's so tied up 
with legalities that she wow. would risk her she doesn't work there anymore but she would risk friends of hers losing their jobs yeah. so it's just gross yeah, it's, there it's is bigger than her yeah basically. i saw a banner at one of the protests that said racism is a pandemic and it's true and it runs through bravo as a network a lot needs to be done. Like we mentioned earlier, at the risk of repeating ourselves, we need more diversity up yeah. top. Have I looked, have I studied the LinkedIn of the Bravo employees? No, I'm just, listen, I don't, I don't know who's black and who's not on the, in the Bravo um, organization. organization, but I, I suspect that there aren't enough, especially, you know, I, I kind of think, if there were black people working at Bravo and calling the shots, it wouldn't have been on Instagram Live. It would have been a prime time slot. Yes, whether or not it's in response to us as a Bravo community calling them out on it, they have got a two-part Watch What Happens Live special, which is yeah. fantastic. But so sorry, just just to check that, it was not broadcast? I'm talking about the panel with Portia, Candy, yeah. and Giselle. Was that not broadcast on Bravo? It, it was on Insta their Instagram Live. Uh, yeah, that's it. And you know how Instagram Live is. Just because it's got X amount of followers doesn't mean X amount of followers are going to watch the live broadcast. Mm. You know, thankfully, they have made it permanent in their IGTV, how you can do with live broadcasts, which is good. Uh, but it should... We should have had more. Yes, we've got the Watch What Happens Live uh, things... Uh, which are great anyway i kind of feel like i am repeating myself a lot needs to be done and it's not up to us as viewers it should we shouldn't have to be calling them out and get and prompting them to do things i suppose we could have made more of an uproar about luann's blackface and like nipped that right in the bud back then i feel yeah somewhat of a sense of shame that i didn't use my platform you know yeah. to to call that out i should have done and i'm sorry for that but at the same time fuck that you know this is a major television network that is not doing enough to stamp out racism which is embedded uh, with within it and uh, yeah so what basically wendy's got a great idea let's start there let's have but I think that but I think that's what everyone needs. Like that, you know. Yes, this is very much about Bravo. This is about the firings, like with Vanderpump Rulesing, where you know housewiresing, etc. But like, I think just broadly, like that's just what companies need to do. Like if because obviously there are already companies that do this, right? They will have, um, you know, I'm not sure panel is the right word, but like focus groups of of people internally to to look at. Um, you know, minority races and, um, you know, sexualities and, you know, ethnicities, all of that stuff to basically say, like, what can we do as an organization to make things more equal? Like, that doesn't, it's, that's not just for, like, investment banks and, like, you know, insurance companies. Like, that is what every single company should be doing and taking a look at itself. Like, airlines, you know, like, like you know, agencies and, like, every single company, bravo or not, like, get going like just start doing yeah. it i kind of think they put out a show like mexican dynasties and yeah. family karma and think that's fine but no you need to look at the people you are employing and the do a background check do a quick google search before yeah. you put them on our tv screens but this is exactly it i think everything should be you know i'm not sure who does like the censor censorship watching on like episodes to assess that but like you know they get qa'd before they go out several times as part of that qa process 
like get people of color to fucking watch the show like hello and just flag any issues and be like hi this is not okay but then on the flip side like if if you know if I was seeing Luan in blackface, I'd be like, yeah, cool, air it. Let people take her down. Like, do you know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, not an issue. Put it out. But then, lo and behold, nothing happens. So what do you think the future looks like for Bravo? I think there's going to be six months to a year of um, firefighting and, uh, you know, people chasing their tails to try and figure out what they can do to be more diverse. But I think... Broadly, I would say they, you know, they'll get over that hurdle. They'll be hopefully more culturally diverse shows within themselves. So the ecosystem of A Real Housewives is not, you know, a group of black women on one city, a group of white women on another. It's segregation. It's ultimately, there has been years and years of segregation against, um, Cities or women? I'm not I was sure talking I'm to, to my that. flatmate as well. New York City, London, two of the most cosmopolitan, multicultural cities in the world. What have we got? Real Houses in New York, made in Chelsea, whitewash. Yeah. You cannot tell me. It's almost suggesting that, oh, we couldn't find any uh, fabulous, wealthy, uh, rich black people to come on our show because they don't exist. Yes, they do exist. You're just not giving them a platform. Yeah. And I think, do do you know what I think, like, the excuse always is, is it's almost like the fake friendships that they portray. So... You know, well, you know, of course Sonia's on it because she was friends with Ramona and Luann. And of course Beth, like, it's like the connection. And like, you know, they can't be faulted because their connections aren't diverse. Like, you know, it's like the systemic issue of, you know, mostly white women are friends with white women. Actually, Terry, you've got a good point. You've got a good point because if they don't have white friends, you can't organically introduce them. I mean, yeah, you know, Bravo hasn't always been organic. Look at them planning cast trips um, exactly or uh, i'm looking at my genealogy and i want to go to <laughs> ireland <laughs> yeah it w- so it would almost be like then what do we do are we just gonna completely restart and do real housewives in new york city 2.0 where we start with a foundation of a diverse group of friends and then build it from there almost starting from season one again uh it's new generation um it's difficult where you've already segregated these shows, um, you know. To now took... suddenly enforce, like, to now suddenly push people in that wasn't necessarily organic, but you're doing it to cause correct mm. years of racism. <laughs> and it took 10 years for New York, uh, for Beverly Hills to have a black housewife. Crazy. That's not Okay. How do you think Garcelle's doing, by the way? I think she's been a really good mix. I think she's fab. She's got to turn up to filming more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agree. She needs to be a bit more of like a... Because I feel like she instigates certain situations, but very lightly. She does it in a way where she's like, oh, I just wanted to speak about that. But what was nice was to see her defend... Um, who was she defending? She was defending Denise, wasn't she? And like her right to say that she didn't want people around her kids. So... She was fueling that fire, you know? Yeah, I am a big fan of Denise. <laughs> I really yeah. like her. Like, I'm really enamoured by her. I think she's a star. 
and I'm Denise so- fucking Richards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm fascinated by her. Her husband is a prick. I don't oh want God, him on my no. screen. No. Weirdo. Misogynist. But yeah, I like that uh, Garcelle straight out, straight up called out Kyle for you don't look at me when I talk. <laughs> like you, I say things to you and you're just obviously not listening. <laughs> I mean, sounds like Kyle, to be fair. And then Kyle sort of, sort of playing the victim as if she's got absolutely no idea. Like you've been on this show for... Uh, since the start, you know, exa- you know exactly what game you're playing, Kyle Richards. <laughs> I think let's leave it at that. We could go round in circles. There is a lot to be done. We can only do our best by calling things out. I've done my fair share of it. Mainly yesterday, I got I started to get really vocal towards and targeting Bravo specifically. Yeah. Um, but listen, we're all, you know, we shouldn't be focusing on a major television network. We should be writing to, I'm, I'm also doing that. I'm writing to our own MPs, focusing on our local community, you know. So hopefully uh, things will change. Good. Cool. Tell me about having a gay brother and both... <laughs> And both being gay. What are the chances? Everyone asks me this question. Like, literally. Are you happy to talk about it? I'm fascinated by it. No, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So many people ask it. I'm used to answering. Um, It's, do you know what? It's just what I know, right? I mean, we talk about systemic racism. I've got systemic gay brothers. (laughs) Like, whatever that is, it is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know any different, to be honest. Um, I can't talk about other brother dynamics. Like I just have mine. Um, but what I think has always been nice for me is like there's the comfort there. In like there's, I have someone very like minded. Like we think the same about a lot of things, which my sister doesn't like. Um, neither do my parents because they always think I'm taking his side or vice versa. But um, it it's it's just nice to have. I think someone within the family that you can bond with about your housewives, about your like RuPaul's Drag Race. And, um, you know, he's always been very supportive and like we have a lot of the same ideals and um, like vision for things. And it's like that, I guess, like gay creative flair. And yeah, it's just, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, I know why it's not weird. I mean, it can be weird sometimes because you often get the, you know, oh, your brother's so fit. And I'm like, okay, great. Can we change the narrative, please? I don't really care. But, oh, um, you also get that when your brother's straight, trust me. Yeah. Fuck off, gays. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it can be quite frustrating in that sense sometimes. Or, or you know, like you see that, um, like they're already friends with your brother. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're following him because you like his selfies. Fine, whatever. Like he posts a lot of naked shit on Instagram. So um, that's nice to look at. Uh, but yeah. So that's, I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, James. So I'm assuming, because James is older, I'm assuming he came out first. Yes. Uh, So he came out, I don't actually know when he came out, actually. Um, So I was obviously very young. I didn't know he was gay until I think I was like 13 when he was getting married to his then husband. Um, So obviously, like, my mum and dad had to tell me and then I was like, oh, fuck, I'm gay too. Like, I'm going to ruin their lives. Um, So, yeah, so he came out first and then I guess I came out. I want to say he must have been about, I don't know, maybe like 18 and I must have been like nine. So there's nine years difference between us. Um, So, yeah, I then came out 
when I was, I think it was like 10 years later, actually. So I was like 19. Maybe I was 18. Okay. So he came out when he was 18 and you were nine. And you came out like, yeah, like 10 years later. When I was like 18 and then, and, and yeah, then when I was, was 18 yeah. and then he was 20. Yeah. Nine? No, That's... 27. He would have been 27. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's completely, I just, it's like, because isn't the, the t- statistic, I don't know, when I was growing up anyway, the statistic is it's one in 10 people is gay. Well, I it was one in five. Okay. So I was like a group of like five gay guys and I'm like, oh, why don't you use gay? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I find it fascinating. We've just got gay genes. We've got a cousin. We've got a gay cousin. Um, Do you? Yeah. Gay so genes. in our family. Um, but yeah, so obviously we have um, the podcast together. So that's been a fun So little... yes, t- uh, t- is this your life? Um, where you blindly tell life stories with absolutely zero facts, okay? Yeah. It's... <laughs> so there, are, there are some facts. Like, because we obviously know things about... Like, you know, we know about Nicole Ritchie. We know about Reese Witherspoon. Like, we know about... The, the the things that everyone knows but like what we don't know is what we don't know so we then just try and fill in the blanks um and then kind of like i guess you know string it together with what we do know about them so we're like oh okay yeah if they got divorced in 2005 that means that like this probably happened in 2004 and he probably cheated on her like it's just making up a bunch of shit at the end of the day but like we find it funny um we do fact check along the way because obviously for legal reasons we do need to like yeah the format is is that you uh sort of imagine what what this stage of the person's life was like and then you do some googling and find out the facts um it's i'm going straight up with you it's like embarrassingly ignorant but it's entertaining like it's very ignorant it's very organic like it's not it's not edited like we literally just we don't, we, we pick a person, we don't do any research and we just like join the call and it's a really nice way to catch up. You well, really get a sense of them. your, your guys's dynamic as dynamic, brothers and yeah. it's, it's very entertaining and I'm glad you have brought out a podcast. Um, so go subscribe guys. Is this your yeah, life? Um, a favorite quote of mine from the latest episode is, I don't know about geometry. I mean, how many times can you learn about a square? <laughs> Okay, yeah, definitely a little bit ignorant uh, on our <laughs> No, it's, it's um, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I just want to say, just friend to friend, I've seen how you've been really articulate and good on Facebook, uh, like doing like statuses, uh, sort of, you were really trying to break it down about systemic racism and then, yeah. but you're not afraid to roll your sleeves up and get into it in the comments with people who... Uh, don't share the same views and so I uh, commend you for that because it's not easy it's exhausting uh, dealing with for example all lives matter people I've tried to do it over the last few days um, and you ultimately end up going round in circles a lot of these people like to disagree with you just to disagree or they throw facts at you that uh, even they don't quite understand like yes uh, more white people were killed in America in 2019 than black people but what they're not taking into consideration is that there are many more white people than black people in the United States. So they just go with the absolute figures and think they're making a fucking point. Uh, Yeah. 
to your point, it is very much exhausting. Um, but it has been a very exhausting, I suppose, two weeks. But yeah. then I just look at it and think this has been a very exhausting 50 years for some people. And I, I think people are tired of having to explain to white people. And I do not blame them. And so, like, it's really... I, and this is what frustrates me is, like, I think all this movement is trying to say... I mean, it's trying to say a lot of things, but the way I look at it is, like, just listen, just learn. Like, just take some of your the time out of your day to check your privilege and learn about a race that you do not understand and just think how they might feel. Like, no one's asking you to, like give up your rights they just want to have an equal playing field and yeah i just the, the, i mean there's there's so many like it's like a faceted layered issue but i just you gotta do what you gotta do and i i kind of coined the term the other day i was like you know i'm not out there in the streets like there is a global pandemic i have type 1 diabetes like i think if i was out there i'd probably die myself but um you know i'm kind of seeing it as like social media activism and you know we we all have platforms whether that's 30 people 500 people 500,000 people you know there are going to be groups of people within your following that are the all lives matter people that are very much right i think it's right wing that's the it's like the far right well done terry yeah yeah um and so like if you can just change the opinion of one person and that one person changes the opinion of one person it's it that's that's the point right it's not you know and I, i'm sharing a lot i mean the, people are creating some amazing posts at the moment around um you know you was happy to jump on the bandwagon for clapping for the nhs you were happy to jump on the bandwagon of coloring in rainbows like so why are you so afraid to jump on the bandwagon of destroying racism like it's really not an issue i don't understand why people there is no right and wrong this is not up for debate you either think black lives have value black lives matter or you don't yeah it isn't up for debate and yeah imagine i'm so tired of hearing about all this racism imagine how tired black people are exactly jesus christ get a clue and i like what you said about it's not about if we treat black people more equally and don't punish them for the color of their skin you're not gonna be sacrificing anything but ultimately i think that's the fear and i think that that, that's ultimately and what people don't like hearing is like that is white supremacy what you're saying is if we start giving more rights to black people like that's unfair because you're white. And it's like the irony of that situation is that is literally how black people feel because white people get given more of a chance than black people. And so just balance the fucking books and like take down your fucking slavery statues. Like who even knew who this man was before it got taken down? Like that was in Bristol, right? You're in Bristol? Yeah. I mean, I knew, again, I didn't know Edward Colston. Like I I knew Colston is a big um, issue of contempt here, because, but that's because I live in Bristol. So it's very much a, a local issue. If you said Colston, a lot of people would have an opinion of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I have to admit, I, I can't remember ever seeing that statue. Um, this is what I mean. Like people are up in arms about a statue. I'm like, do you know how many times I've walked past a fucking statue in London and not given a shit? Like, yes, people go and read the plaques. You know, maybe they should update the plaques to say this person ended World War One. 
but they were also a slave owner and a racist and we do not like do you know what i mean like if you don't want to take them down maybe well no that was the compromise with you've probably read about it but that was going to be the compromise with bristol council they were like mm, we're not going to take it down we're gonna we're gonna add a little bit um of an amended plaque and oh, just gosh, say what he's yeah. done and it went back and forth and they were editing it it was uh, edited so it made it uh, emphasize the charity work and sort of the slavery was just an undertone it was written very flowery um but then even that was uh, just going back and forth so they were never going to do anything and i'm i fully support the actions of those protesters like you said i don't have look i don't have diabetes call me a hypochondriac but i didn't want to go to the protest uh yeah. because you know it's so counterintuitive because i thought we've i've been really good with social distancing I haven't had COVID, touch wood. Um, so why stop now, you know? Why uh, put myself at risk? And so, yeah, I decided to stay home. But obviously, you know, you can still do other things as I've done. Uh, for example, using my platform and writing to my MP and just getting educated. I've lost hours, not lost hours, because I've, I've been learning so much, just diving in like, oh, you know, I don't really, because I don't know about you, Terry, in the Essex school system, but I did not learn about slavery. No, well, I mean, as you know from my podcast, I didn't really go to school. <laughs> don't, don't know what shape is. Um, no, um, I obviously did go to school, but I didn't go to school after a certain point. But anyway, my education is is nothing to do with it's a, a unique but, situation. It's a unique situation. But yeah, to your point, like I don't remember, like and I did, obviously did go to school up until like year nine. So I was like, what, like 14 or 15 or something. Um Part of that was in Spain, so like mixed education, because I kind of grew up in England till I was 12. Hi, my life story. Um, but, you know, yes, I don't, I don't remember learning about, I, I definitely think like we touched on slavery at some point, but like what needs to be, and like I've been thinking about this a lot, but for me, what needs to be part of the education system is it's not about white history, which it all is. It's actually about understanding and accepting that we now have a very mixed pool of races, backgrounds, and cultures, and those people's histories, it's not up to their parents to teach them. Like, it's your right to now give those people a background on you know, imperialism and what the British did, and like just start to accept that white history isn't all amazing. There is some darkness, and we need to address it. Let's just learn about it. Like, what's the big issue? But people want to put their own, and it's it's the, you know, not to, no, no fuck it, I'm going to just tarnish these people with it. But, you know, people that, like, start throwing up England flags and Union Jack flags, like, for me, vom, like, get over yourself and your country. But it's like, don't keep putting your country on a pedestal. It's really not that great. All of the Jane Elliott clips that are kind of surfacing and, you know, circulating the internet and, you know, she educates, she's, I think she's been doing it for something like 50 years now, maybe even longer, but just, you know, going into schools and um Is companies. this that really tough woman who... The, the old lady, like, yeah. Get the fuck out of my classroom! classroom. Yeah, yeah. And and so I've been, I've honestly been fascinated by her because I'm like, one, she must have had like such a feat to be like a white woman being like, let's talk about race, like, all of these years ago, right? It's only, you know, I was going to say it's only, like, 20 years ago, but it's more than that, however many years she's been doing it. But um, 
I, I've now just like gone down a rabbit hole of like looking at all the different things she's done and, and like watching all of those classes. And it's fascinating. Like she did a red table talk with, um, uh, oh my God, name. Red Jada table Pinkett talk. Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith. Thanks. I think it's like her mum and um, like Willow's in it as well. And they address racism on that. There's, I posted, I shared it on my Facebook. Um, but I was seeing one today and it was, she was basically educating, it must've been like her granddaughter on the map of the world and the map that we learn at school and how all of the white countries above, so basically the Northern Hemisphere, which is basically white people <laughs> traditionally, um, were not necessarily enlarged, but basically everything that was on the Southern Hemisphere was made to look smaller. So it's basically when you're in school, you've given this perception that our countries are the main focus of the world. And it was basically um, funded by the Pope to show the spread of Christianity across the world. And so it was to basically influence that. And so actually she then put a real true to size map, which showed the countries and like, you think Greenland's big (laughs) when she gets her map out. It's like so small. South America is like, I think it was like six times the size of Greenland. And like, you look at Africa and like, you're just like, Oh my God. Like, we are, and this is obviously the systemic issue, but it's like we are literally educated without knowing it that white people are seen as superior. Like we have the biggest spread across the world. And like, I'm just finding it so fast. Like, I'm honestly learning so many things. Like I'm genuinely quite an ignorant person, but I am learning so much. No, and, Terry, like, I'm, loving... I'm ashamed to admit that I am too. I've got many blind spots. Um, that is fucked, by the way, about the map of the world uh, propaganda yeah. that we've been fed. So my MP, uh, in her th- response to me, she said uh, it's important that children not just learn about the actions of white men through history. Uh, I replied to her, I firmly agree, but it is also important that they learn about the bad things white men have done to people who are not white. I am 30 years old and I was educated in the Buckinghamshire County Council school system. I did not learn about slavery or British colonisation. I now realise this is totally unacceptable and I'm, I'm ashamed that I didn't know about my country's racist and inhumane past from an early age. And then I said, wow. what is she doing? Like, I want the receipts. What are you doing to get this into, into the curriculum? And when will the cha- these changes come into effect? I'm really holding them accountable. I love the name of the website, They Work For You, which is a resource about finding your, uh, your MP and what they voted for and stuff. Really useful website to UK listeners to, to really get involved with what your local MP is, is voting for and, more importantly, what they're voting against. Yeah. Um, get those receipts, guys. Get those receipts. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's room at the table for everyone. Pe- small-minded, close-minded people don't realise that. Ariana Grande said it best. There's so much room at the top. Yeah. Just, I'll just let that marinate. Take it in. Terry, thank you so much. This is a long one. Blimey. Um, thank you Sorry. so much for taking... No, it's I been was a... Going off a... I was going off a tangent. No, this yeah. has been a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on Bare Minimum. I wonder if there's anything like... I feel like there's something glaringly obvious that I wanted to sort of get into with you. But alas, you know, my podcast is going to be going on so I can have you back on in the future. Hopefully, oh, I'll have a, hopefully I'll have a proper mic like you've got there. <laughs> 
and uh, I might even have some sponsors. Hello. Yeah, um, maybe just paint your own sponsors. Shall um, I just pretend? <laughs> no, but in all honesty, um, my brother and John do that as like a comedy bit. On so they've got a Britain and Yank podcast. Um, and they talk like Housewives, Drag Race, etc. I mean, I don't know why I'm giving them promo, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so they do like fake, like, um, you know, like, do you want to sleep standing up? Like, it's like, it's all very, um, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's funny. That's good. I mean, that's definitely creative. And I, yeah, yeah I do like doing sort of impressions of RuPaul and Michelle, like talking about and really pretending to give a shit about this mattress. Oh <laughs> Uh, every single week and they sort of try and find new ways of making it interesting yeah. hey Rue do you like <laughs> it's great it's gold it's gold sorry I'm, I'm making this even longer you do your wrap up no um, yeah thank you for joining me Terry so where can people find you uh, so I'm Terry Stapes across all the platforms um, so Instagram Twitter Facebook Terry Stapes T-E-R-R-Y S-T-A-P-E-S He's so smug about that clean across the board social media. Yeah. Fun fact, I actually once messaged Tumblr to give me that username because it was part of my brand. (laughs) Did they respond? Yeah, they gave it to me. They was like, oh, okay, here you go. (laughs) So yeah, fun fact, but anyway. Thank you so much. Go listen uh, and subscribe to Terry and James's podcast called Is This Your Life? Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please rate and review. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. And there we go, guys. It's time for me to get in bed. This has been fun. 